Sean Needham, along with my producer, Lindsay, and we are streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio. And today we have Dr. Brad Brown on. He is from Strive Direct Health out in Colorado, and he is going to tell us his story of how he designed an EMR. Uh, if you don't know what an EMR is, you're going to learn today. It's electronic medical record, and it's one thing that really most physicians get very frustrated with. So his is one that's been designed by a doctor. You don't want to miss out. And what we're going to talk about first is that he is in a residency now, and he is choosing to go with direct primary care. We have talked about direct primary care on this show so many times, and he's going to discuss why he is choosing that route instead of going to the traditional healthcare system. So Dr. Brown, welcome to our show. Thank you. Uh, it's an honor. I've uh, followed you peripherally and, you know, you're like a celebrity, so. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, thanks for you that know, I got comment. I got butterflies just now during that intro. I'm like, oh, man, how am I going to live up to this? So thanks uh, for having me. It's, it's going to yeah, be fun. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. So uh, thanks, for the com thanks for the compliment, and I really appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about your, you know, you are uh, – a fairly new graduate, you're in residency now, and you are choosing to go into direct primary care instead of the traditional healthcare system. So that's quite a shocker. So for some, so tell us, tell us why. Well, uh, medical school, you know, it's it's a blast. It's a lot of studying. Um, it's a lot of book times, a lot of time with patients, and just seeing uh, is just this is such a. I could go on for hours, so I'm gonna try not to get on my soapbox. You know, <laughs> listeners as well as you would fall asleep if I really got going. So, um, you know, typically the direct primary care movement is somewhat new-ish and, and docs and other, you know, healthcare providers switch to it after being in the fee-for-service model, the insurance-based model because of burnout or for whatever reason. But I just wanted to nip it in the bud. I, did, I figured might as well go into it early. It seems like everyone loves it. Um, and the more I looked into it, it just clicked with how I felt uh, medicine should be, you know, more time with your patients, whatever they need, time to advocate for your patients um, and, and kind of sticking it to the system, if you will, sticking it to the man to try to find the best prices and be as transparent as possible. And um, I love, I love seeing the, the, the look on patients' faces and they're like, you can do that. And it just, it's like, that's one of the reasons why I do it. It's fantastic. So um, in medical school, I figured, you know, I, I wanted to be a family doc as it was, and I wanted to, to be the change I wanted to see in medicine. Um, and, I, and I genuinely feel direct primary care is the way of the future. And that's just I'm lifting where I stand, trying to do that little by little. So give uh, us an example. You say patients are surprised when you say you can do what? Give us an example of what you can do in a direct primary care role when there's no insurance involved. Um, versus in a traditional fee-for-service insurance system. Give us some examples of what you can do that you couldn't do in that system. So generally speaking, uh, you have, you know, you go see your primary care provider, your primary care doc or PA or NP, um, and they, you know, let's say you have low back pain. You know, you tweaked your back it was six weeks ago or whatever, it still hasn't healed. We've all tried to lift the fridge or do something like that, you know, and seems like you just tweak your back. So um, it, it lingers, you know, you go through, you go through the normal thing of what you're, you're asked to do. And then, it, you know, six months later, it's still there. Um, and in the insurance model, you know, you have to check the boxes of try PT, you have to do the x-rays, you have to do the basic things before you can even get to an MRI. And then there's a huge copay. No one really knows exactly how much it costs. Right. Um, 
but you're all of a sudden, you know, six, eight months down the line, we pride ourselves in America. Oh, we, you know, we have so many MRI machines. We can get one whenever we want when really we can't, you know, uh, through the insurance model. And so with direct right. care, it's like, I can, I just call up the imaging center and say, Hey, this is Dr. Brown. I have a patient cash pay patient. What's the best price you have for them? They don't, they don't want to go through insurance at all. And usually these imaging centers, same with lab, with blood work. Um, they say, yeah, you know, cash is king. So let's get them in right away. Here it is. My, my clinical and professional judgment, which is always being fine tuned, especially as a resident still learning, um, of this person genuinely needs an MRI they don't need to wait six months. Uh, and so, uh, but I don't have to have the insurance company saying, nope, we're not going to cover that. Sorry. I can just call the imaging center and say, okay, for 250 bucks, here's an MRI with a read from a radiologist. And patients are like, absolutely, I'll pay 250 It would have been $500, $600, out of pocket through insurance anyway. And so um, being able to uh, just be a conduit, just be someone that can have the time in my day to, to advocate for patients with labs, with pharmacies, with imaging centers is, is fun. It's kind of a hobby and I get paid to do my hobby. So can't complain about that. That's awesome. And I think one thing that I noticed working with direct primary care um, doctors is that most of them, I'm going to say all, all of them are happy at what they do. And I will tell you in the traditional healthcare model, most doctors don't like what they're doing. That's why they're either retired, they get out, change professions, or they go into direct primary care like you're doing. So kudos to you for, for, you know, staying you know in the medical field because we want to keep good doctors um, and being able to go into direct primary care and advocate for patients so i i heard one time somebody say as a doctor that actually you know being transparent in pricing and knowing about pricing and advocating for your patients on with prices is actually probably part of your oath you could argue that if you are sending a patient to do expensive stuff that you know you can get cheaper that you know you're violating the hippocratic oath um because you're not being financially responsible to that patient can you comment on that at all brad yeah the first line of the hippocratic oath is first do no harm and i think you can easily add into that do no financial harm that's that's a common phrase in the dpc world um I, i first heard it from dr josh umber himself um but he you know, that it clicks, you know, it's like, why, why would we would never intentionally hurt a patient physically or emotionally or, you know, spiritually or mentally or whatever you want to call it. So why are we, you know, every six and a half minutes, why are we hurting each patient we see financially, you know? And so, yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. It's, um, it truly is gratifying and all we've all felt burnout at some point in our life and it's really easy to complain when we're burnt out and um it's it's hard to complain in this model just because it's so refreshing it's a it's a it's like the old ice bucket challenge from a few years ago you know where you, you just feel that ice cold water like oh my goodness this actually works so <laughs> right right um, well and that's one thing that i appreciate about direct primary care doctors is that you know, you hear so many doctors, and, and not just doctors, but you hear, you know, pharmacists, my colleagues, they complain all the time about the insurance system. And, you know, my wife and I got tired of hearing it. We just don't want to listen anymore. It's like, you know, 
you don't have to be in that system. You can get out of that system. And, and in fact, you could argue that if you stay in the system, you're an accessory to the crime. So stop complaining, get out of it and be a solution. And that's what we are here. We're health solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. We talk about solutions. We don't just complain about it. That's what I love about direct primary care doctors like yourself. So kudos to you, Dr. Brown. Well, thank you. Your, your analogy in your book about the grocery shopping was like, it just like opened my mind. I never thought of it that way before. I love analogies, but that was one I hadn't heard before. So um, the whole price transparency of just direct to consumer. It's the way it is, the way it has to be. Yes. And, and that's not an analogy is not a, original to me. I've heard that a couple other places. I was specifically referencing in my book, a video from Dinesh D'Souza yeah. who compared grocery shopping. What if, gro what if grocery shopping was like healthcare and basically to, to um, just educate everybody about my book and what it, what it says about that in, in that, uh, uh, um, video basically it talks about how you know you add a lot of things to your you would buy you would put a lot of things in your cart that you didn't need because somebody else is paying the bill and then at the very end when you get out to pay the the grocery store owner realize realizes that the price does not matter because somebody else is paying so they can raise the price to whatever they want and that is exactly what's happened to healthcare so thank you for bringing that up. My book is called Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. It is available on Amazon Kindle version and also uh, in paperback. So go to Amazon to check it out. Uh, Dr. Brown, you have a great story about in a traditional health fee-for-service uh, system, you met a first-time mom mm -hmm. and you were able to kind of transfer her over to direct primary care. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So, um, you know, first time of anything is a little nerve wracking. First time parenting is like, you can't believe they're letting you go home with a child from the hospital. You know, it's, it's kind of nerve wracking. I have three kids myself and we were shocked each time that, you know, we're not going to have nurses anymore to help us. <laughs> um, and so I love, I love meeting with and getting to know these first time parents. Uh, and I think it fits the whole direct primary care for lack of a better term, um, fits so nicely with, with the younger generation. Um, I, I will proudly say I am a millennial. Okay. I can't, I can't, uh, I fit in the, I fit right in the smack dab in the middle of what Google says a millennial is. So i I love being able to just give my cell number to a patient and say, text me if you need anything. And for yep. first time moms, that's huge. Cause how many times is a first time parent are you like, I have no idea what, like this, my, my kid coughed. Like what's going on, you know, or like they, they roll over for the first time, you know, it's like, oh my goodness. And so, um, this particular time was, um, this first time mom, she, uh, had, she had tons of questions in her first well child check. Um, and I was like, you know what, here's my personal cell number. Um, if you need anything, just text me. Cause it's a lot easier. I know you communicate via text. I do too. Um, and initially she would text a lot. Um, and that was fine, you know, I, I love what I do and it's totally fine with me. Some of my colleagues think I'm, think I'm absolutely nuts for doing this, but um, I love it. So yeah, she, you know, text pictures of a rash or, you know, is this food okay or that food okay? And it's instead of her having to wait to schedule an appointment for three weeks from now or to um, be able to message the pediatrician through a, a clunky patient portal um, and then hear back three days later, 
it's just so much smoother and easier just to go direct to, to the provider. So in this case, it's, you know, myself. Um, and she's been extremely uh, grateful for that. Her child is healthy. I didn't have to do anything. Her child would be healthy, but her mind is a little bit more at ease that she has, you know, a doctor at her fingertips. And it was an initial, you know, flood of texts, but now it's more, uh, it's, they're spacing out as she realizes, you know, I don't need to text about that, but that's the beauty of it. You know, it's that initial help. It's that initial just to be a soundboard. Um, and another reason why I do it. It's just that people love it. People respect the, the, the difference in it. Well, I think in the traditional system, it's pretty difficult to even, you know, communicate with a physician. Um, and probably the only way you can is, you know, five minutes in front of their face if you get an appointment three weeks later. Um, so I, you know, direct primary care is just so personalized. And like you say, and not just millennials, I mean, generation Xers and, um, and the like and older like that kind of communication. Cause I know direct primary care doctors that, you know, take care of patients in their seventies and, you know, to have that 24 hour access to a physician to them is, is just, um, priceless. Yeah, I agree. Yes, it is, uh, to, leveraging the technology we have, for the benefit of people's health and mental wellness, especially in this day and age, this last you know eighteen months or so is is invaluable. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of priceless, um, it is priceless. But tell us how affordable it is. I mean, how affordable is direct primary care in your practice? Um, so mine is right on par with typical DPCs around the country. Um, typically, it's age-based tiers. You know, younger. Um, kids, you know, up to 18, we'll say, uh, don't require as much, um, you know, in-depth uh, attention. They're generally healthy. And so a little bit less of a cost, anywhere from 20 to $40 a month. Um, yeah, just a monthly membership fee. Sorry, I apologize. I should have said that up front. Um, yep. And then, you know, the middle, you know, 19 to 40, 50-ish would be maybe 80 bucks a month, 75 bucks a month. And then older than that, because uh, the older you get, you know, typically your medication list gets a little longer. Unfortunately, I know I'm preaching to the choir here. We shouldn't have a long medication list um, and might need a little bit more time uh, and a little bit more um, mental focus on what um, that population needs. And so the price is a little bit higher as well. So I, I follow that general trend. Uh, we're just getting started. We're just starting the, 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 the churn, if you will. Um, because I am, I still have my responsibilities here in residency as well for a little bit more time. So we're just trying to lay the groundwork for it, um, and it's fun. It's a blast. Yeah, and it, and it is very affordable. Even you know, I shouldn't say even, but eighty dollars a month is just so inexpensive to have twenty four seven access to a physician. So people don't realize that, and that's one of the reasons we have doctors like yourself on our podcast. They don't realize how affordable healthcare can be. You've already said it, but I'm just going to reiterate it. The things that make healthcare expensive is health insurance, period. That's what causes healthcare to be expensive. When you pay cash for healthcare and you shop around for prices, sure, you're not going to maybe go to your local big corporate clinic or your local big hospital, but you can find and shop for most things on healthcare and get a very, very deep discount and better service and higher quality. Can you discuss about the service and quality, um, even though it's a low price? You want to discuss that, Dr. Brown? Sure. I mean, I 
I hesitate to say the word better on my end of things, just because there are some fantastic physicians in the fee for service world that, that do it. Um, higher quality. I, I mean, yeah, I pride myself in that just because I feel like me personally, it's, it's, it's very difficult in a two and a half minute visit to cover what a patient wants. You know, we have on our check-in list at, at the residency clinic, what are the one and a half things you want to talk about today? You know? And it's like, People, maybe this is the first time they've come in in six years and they have a lot of things they want to talk about. Um, so higher quality, I, I would say it's even just a higher value. You know, um, you're going to get for that small nominal Netflix type fee, um, which is less than having a plumber come to your house, for goodness sakes. You have yep. access to that. <laughs> um, it's like, hey, if you need 30 seconds with me, I have 30 seconds. If you need an hour with me, I have an hour. Let's, let's, if you need to talk about all this all of this over here and you need a mole removed, let's do it. You know, whereas um, you just, you don't have the time or the bandwidth to do that in the fee for service model. The overhead's too high. The reimbursement doesn't work that way. You have to do separate visits. We're financially incentivized to bring people in on volume and to keep you as sick as possible. You know, unfortunately that's the way it is. Insurance companies make it that way to where we bill a higher level of service, the more problems you have. And we bill, uh, we, so, and we want more, we want to see you as often as possible. So follow up in a week. It's like, well, we could probably just follow up on the phone, but that isn't reimbursed. It is during COVID times, but that's going to change here shortly. So yeah. yes, it's extremely affordable, um, just to have access, convenient access for the first time mom, for the 25th time grandma, you know, whatever you need, it's just text a quick question to your doctor. I, yeah, right. Love it. Right. That's cool. That's awesome. So uh, let's move on to your EMR. You EMR. Um, I'll, why don't you explain to, to our listeners and viewers that don't know? I mean, some of our medical people, but the, to those that don't know, talk about EMR and um, what you did to design an EMR that makes things better. So and, and make sure that you uh, focus on, you know, doctors that use the computers in their room in front of their patients' faces to check all the boxes. And I'm assuming your EMR is, is it, that's not what you're doing to your EMR. So go ahead yeah. and talk about EMR. All right. History lesson. You ready? I love this. <laughs> Obviously. Um, so EMR is electronic medical records or EHR electronic health records are nothing about medical or health, right? It's just a, it's a paper chart that's put on a screen. Right. A lot of the big ones were created, you know, 20, 30 years ago when computers just were born. Um, there's a few newer ones now that kind of have lipstick on top of that. Um, and they're clunky. They're hard to use. I like to say, I heard this from one of my friends that um, uh, these medical record systems are uh, risk management cash registers, right? You check all the boxes so you don't get sued and you check all the boxes to make sure you get paid as much as possible from the insurance companies. Right? Yeah. With a little blurb about, Hey, I saw Sean for, you know, he's, I don't know, whatever, whatever Sean has going on. He's been yep. for too much or whatever. <laughs> um, and he's worried that he can't afford enough weights. So like, a little blurb about what we talked about and then you know, all this other risk management stuff. So we don't get sued because it is defensive medicine nowadays. Um, and then also, uh, uh, to make sure we get reimbursed for the time. Um, and you just turn through that some family docs are seeing 30 patients in a day, which is uh, mind blowing. And, and then, you know, 
60, 90 days later, you actually see the reimbursement come through from the insurance companies from that visit. So in direct primary care, you don't need all of that overhead. Um, and so the systems that are out there um, kind of take away that billing aspect. You need more of a, a practice management platform because a lot of DPC docs do everything on their own. They do, they dispense a lot of medications out of their own office. They have the other inventory they need to manage. They do more of a membership billing to where they need something to, to auto bill patients instead of having to call them every month. Um, then you also need the record keeping um, and make it smooth and, and fun to use and work for you instead of against you. And so my brother, who's a software engineer at Amazon, a big wig, um, I use him for all my crazy ideas. And then he'll, <laughs> he'll usually tell me, yeah, that's not worth it. Um, and then my wife, who she's a, a MBA and she, for also my crazy ideas, she'll put the list of like, okay, this is what we need to do to attain that crazy idea. And then it, she lets me come to the conclusion on my own that, okay, yeah, that's a crazy idea. But this one actually has grown some legs. Um, we're developing a full spectrum primary care, mainly direct primary care right now, but expanding into other um, areas soon, a practice management suite. So one window, you have your medical record, you have your inventory, you have your billing, you have your communication with your patients, you have integration with labs, um, um, you have e-prescribing because that's, um, we have to have that nowadays, um, and a full cockpit to track everything as well on your dashboard. So the idea, the goal is to be a living, breathing tech organism that's not stagnant. A lot of things get a little bit stagnant when they're developed. They're hot and new and fresh right when they, right when they come out. Um, and then, um, you know, the greatest, uh, the problem with success is uh, you get a, nothing fails like success, if you will. So the minute you think you've made it and then all of a sudden things go wrong. So we're trying to uh, build for 2050, 2060, 2075, you know, for the technology we're going to have there. Um, and so we're, we're just chugging along. We're in beta right now and um, just uh, trying to work out some kinks because there are always kinks, even if you think you're, there's not. So it's fun. It keeps me balanced. It keeps my wife on her toes because I always come home with, hey, we should do this. And then it's like, okay, well, maybe not. And then my brother, he says, well, you know, we got things more important to do. So it's fun. <laughs> that kind of sounds like my life at home. I had these great ideas, these big visions and my wife's like uh yeah yeah maybe not <laughs> although usually she's right along board with me but yeah they're just, they're just they're you know the our spouses have the more not realistic but they have the, the checklist like okay if we really want to do this this is what it's going to take are you, are you willing to put in that work it's like well maybe yes right yeah so is this the first emr that is designed by a physician um, I would say no. I mean, there are some out there that, uh, are designed by physicians. They have a physician on staff and say what, what they need to have legally. Um, but it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword and I'll, I'll, let me explain before I get cut off the air. So des design by a physician is great because that's what we need. We need, what do we have to have to, to make it to what doctors need? What do they, how do they think, you know? Initially, I gave my brother, you know, this is what we need to have. And he, I said, just go paint a pretty picture and make it look fantastic because you're the developer. Be different. And then I realized that doctors, you know, it's hard in the workflow to change that way. So we have to tweak it a little bit. But a lot of, I, we don't want a paper chart on a screen. We want something that is dynamic and works for you. And it's not just a bunch of tabs you go through and boxes you check. We want something that is 
um, completely different. And so designed by a physician, yes, but then I also, we have the liberty with, with um, Kyle, my brother, to uh, have, you know, someone in tech to design it the way that, you know, tech works. You know, I mean, you think five years, five years ago, you know, even what, 10 years ago when the iPhone came out, it was like mind blowing. I was like, first of all, I'm not spending $700 on a phone. And here we are today, you know, 10 phones later. Um, but having that uh, ability to say, yes, it was, this is for the tech for tomorrow. This is not the tech from yesterday. And for the doctor's standpoint, hey, you have everything you need and it's different and you're going to love it. That's kind of what we're going for. And so do we have any examples that we can show? Do you have a website we can show um, our listeners and viewers yet? Or Ooh. In terms of a landing page? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I might have to get back to you on that one. I think okay. All right. We can, we, can, right we, can, we can include it in the show notes. We have a lot of healthcare um, you know, practitioners and DPC doctors that, that watch our show. So, cool. you know, they might, they would probably be interested, interested in, in your product. So, you know, let us know if you have anything out. I know it's in beta testing. If you, if you have some people that need beta testing or need some more beta testing sites, let, let me know too. And I could put Absolutely. out the feelers. So Absolutely. thank you. Yeah. yeah you're, you're welcome. So, um, so what is the main thing that sets this EMR apart compared to traditional EMRs? Um, it's a loaded question too. You're hitting all the <laughs> questions. Um, I would say that it is, it's built for the technology of, you know, tomorrow. We're not, we're not trying to just make something that is good enough for now. Um, one thing that really sets us apart is full spectrum suite, one window. You don't need to click into seven different logins on seven, seven different websites to do all the different things. It's all right there. It, we're building in all the machine learning that is is all the rage right now in tech and fintech and, and make it to where it can predict what you're going to do based on your habits. It's kind of like your iPhone nowadays. It knows, wow. It knows what app you're going to open before you just based on your location and time, you know, so we're, we're putting that into it. Um, and so it knows that, hey, you know, Dr. So-and-so is going to start um, charting. This is his basic template. It can just have everything preloaded right when you open it and things like that. So it really um, allows you to not be on your computer in front of patients, which is one of the beauties of direct primary care in general, not just this, this system, um, but also um, even take away that completely and then have it, have it done. And that was the question I was going to ask. Why should patients care about this EMR? So you kind of already answered that question, but if you want to elaborate on it, that would be good. Yeah. I mean, we've all been on the patient side of things and you walk in the room and the, the doctor immediately looks over here and starts typing. And it drives me nuts when I do it. I always apologize to patients now. I'm like, hey, I hate doing this in front of patients, but I have to look something up. But um, yeah, anytime you can have eye contact with a doctor or the whoever the provider is in the room, um, anytime you can uh, eliminate screen time after being with a patient, uh, the AAFP has some research showing that, you know, for every one minute with a patient, a family doc spends three minutes on the computer before and after. And so, wow. It's like, why are we doing that? You know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, that's painful. And so um, let's just eliminate the screen time as much as possible. There's still going to be screen time. It has to happen. Yep. But let's, let's just minimize it as much as possible and let, let the, the computers do their thing. So when, when, when do you get out of residency? 
I uh, get out in the summer of 2022. So end of June, 2022. So a little over a year. Yeah. I don't have a countdown. I love it. I love what I do. This is just on the journey. Yep. Um, but there are some big things that we, you know, we have planned that can't quite start until then. So I do have a countdown for that. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. I, I love your attitude, Dr. Brown. So um, speaking of attitude, what, what, what drives you? What, what, uh, what makes you tick? Uh, you're a, you're a real Simon Sinek, aren't you? What's my why? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Not what yeah. we do, it's why we do it. I know. Right. So, um, I played basketball through college. It got me through college. I thought I was going to the NBA, you know, and then I started hanging out with the team docs too much and asking questions way above my education level. And they said, Hey, maybe you should go to med school. I'm like, well, first of all, I don't love school, so I'm not going to go to med school ever. Um, and then, you know, now I'm here. Why I do it, I genuinely love um, trying to change. I, I love trying to uh, change the healthcare system. I'm tired of all the news outlets and talking heads, you know, griping and moaning. It's like, I'm just going to go do it, you know. And I think it's fun. I know you can't really make a nationwide change unless you start where you're, where you're at. Um, I, I love seeing the, again, the, the, the shock, the gratitude, the look on patients' faces, the emotion in their texts or calls of um, like, wow, that a doctor actually like stood up for me with, with the lab or the pharmacy or the imaging or that doctor actually looked me in the eyes. You know, there's tons of doctors that look people in the eyes. I'm not the only one. I'm not like bragging about that, but um, I, it's just kind of why it gets me up in the morning. You know, I love doing it. It's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's a little bit different. Maybe I'm just one of the weird ones who likes to be different, but uh, I, I truly enjoy it. Yeah. It's obviously you have a, you have a passion for it. So um, what's the best way people can get a hold of you? Don't you have a website? I do. So it's strivedirecthealth.com. Um, there's a contact page on there. There's my number, email, anything. Um, it's uh, pretty straightforward. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Um, we're in Erie, Colorado. Uh, we're the only ones in the area that's doing it, doing direct primary care, but I'm more than happy to, to chat with anyone uh, about anything. I, as you can tell, I do love to hear myself talk. <laughs> you're great for our show believe me it yeah. makes it easy to interview so we appreciate yeah. that <laughs> yeah so that's the website um so and uh my, all the contact info is on there great well how would you like to sum up in in a minute uh our last minute here how would you like to sum up um our conversation today uh first of all go buy your book because that was awesome it just like brought everything together when i when i read it um and to just question, ask why, you know, I, the, I feel like you and I are of like mind of, Hey, just ask why, how much does this cost? Why, why do I have to sit in the waiting room for two hours and then sit in the room room for an hour before I even see my doctor? You know, there's gotta be a better way. Seek out a better way. You know, that's kind of what we've been talking about without actually saying it. So yeah, absolutely. And there, there is a, there is a better way and you're doing the better way. Uh, there's no reason to 
to have healthcare costs a lot of money. There's no reason to have to wait a long time for healthcare. Um, healthcare is very affordable. Um, and, you know, one of my goals in this podcast is to educate and empower consumers that they are in charge of their own health, um, not an insurance company. Um, part of that is being proactive in their own health. And in chapter six in my book, I talk about a six-step solution and um, on how to change the system. And consumers, you're in charge. And Dr. Brown, you're part of the solution too, because in step number five, doctors have to get out of the system. Uh, get out of the system and do something different like you're doing. So kudos to you for doing that and advocating for patients. So my book, Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It, on Amazon uh, uh, paperback and on Kindle version. Um, also, stay tuned because soon this week, I am coming out with a video. A lot of the stuff we've been talking about today about how healthcare is, exp how healthcare is expensive is because of health insurance. I've got a great video on what if auto insurance worked like healthcare insurance. You will be blown away. It's a bit. It's a video with a lot of information in it and some satire and great analogies to the healthcare system. In fact, Dr. Brown has seen my video and gave me some great feedback. So um, stay tuned for that video. It should be coming out this week. And as always, thank you for listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Do not miss Thursday's show. We have Dr. Ken Fisher. He is going to be talking about the COVID pandemic and how it might have been fabricated by the United States government. You don't want to miss this. And hopefully we don't get censored on YouTube or Facebook for this one. Um, it's some great information. He's written a book about it. He's written a lot of blogs about it. Very, very informational. So don't miss out. Uh, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Dr. Ken Fisher, uh, this Thursday. Thanks you for listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Yeah.